You're listening to the Fast Break Podcast with Carly Thibault Dudonis and J.J. Duke. An all-access pass to the Fairfield University women's basketball program only on the Stag Sports Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Fast Break with Coach Carly Podcast. We are now officially in the business time of the season. As the calendar turns to the month of February, the Stags are also finally back at home as Fairfield women's basketball on the road for four of the last five games. We will talk about most of those games here with Coach Carly as she's sitting across from me. And we'll also bring in uh, Kendall Magruder as well in a little bit. But, Carly, I think the big one first off, there is a new record on the board. They always say records are meant to be broken, but this is one that's been sitting on the table for a long time. 17 straight Mm -hmm. victories, besting the perfect 16-0 season from 1974-75 that's not easy. I don't care who you have to play. Win 17 straight is remarkable. Yeah, this team, we talk about it all the time, how it, it certainly hasn't been easy. Uh, but this team does a great job of bringing it every day and, and different people step up at different moments. You know, obviously we were, we were chasing a great team and, and a historic team here at Fairfield uh, that really set the table for us to be able to do what we're doing now. Um, but I just, you know, so much credit to the women on, on this team and how they show up every single day because you don't do that. You know, you can't win 17 in a row without winning, you know, one 17 times. So that's that's um, a testament to this team. And we've spoken so many times now, especially now that we're in the back half of league play, where you're always going to get the best from your opponent because you've got the target mm-hmm. on your back. There's no secret anymore. Everybody wants to beat Fairfield, but yet the group keeps putting up some remarkable numbers. And I think the fact before we really get into the games, the fact that you know, there are some tough ones in there, but I was doing the math and it's something like averaging over – 20 point per game win margin mm-hmm. in the last four road games which is unbelievable mm-hmm. i mean it's yeah there's little mini battles with it but it's just been so consistent mm-hmm. and and i think the thing you know credit to our staff they do a great job in scouting our, our scouting reports i think on our defensive game plans have been on point but you have to expect the same from your opponents uh our, you know our coaches do a great job in this league of, of prepping and so you know our i think our team shows up ready to play every single time and i think we're learning a lot about ourselves as we go as well we, we've talked a ton on this podcast just about all the new that we had at the beginning of the season and i think now that chemistry is really starting to come together at the right time and in game in and game out we're finding new ways to keep exploring our offense and keep finding different you know ways we can tweak and add so that you know as we get scouted more and more we can continue to add and find new ways to exploit uh, you know defenses we bring kendall in here and kendall first off thanks so much for joining us here um you know, what has this experience been like for you over these last few weeks, really, since getting into MAC play and seeing how this team has grown? Because you've been a really integral part into this backcourt. And we've seen you over the last couple of games. I know my broadcast partner, Kate Abramovich, is saying that the smile gets bigger and bigger mm-hmm. when you're on the floor. So you must be really enjoying your work right now. Yes, I think that's one thing that I live by every day to try to have a, have a smile on my face. And I think uh, I credit my teammates and my coaches for making me feel happy, enjoying the game. And I think that's what I was missing a little bit. And I think that this team really fulfilled that. Yeah, we will get through, you know, get into the journey a little bit for you and you coming here um, in the later part of the show. But we start off with the Ryder game, which was this past Thursday. It was interesting because Ryder promotes, Carly, that they went with an all-guard lineup little bit of a different mix than we've seen in the past especially where this league tends to have very good very good scoring bigs but just good forwards in general how did that impact the game because it was a little bit of a slower start from the group I think you know for them they did a nice job of you know matching up to us as far as making it a little bit tougher for us to to score you know offensively they were able to match up a little bit better on uh, us on the perimeter 
Um, and Lincoln for them, while she's a, you know, I think she's been a guard a lot in her career, she really can punish you in the post as well. I thought we got off to a little bit of a slow start and credit to them uh, and making us, you know, really work on the defensive end. We've, we've hung our hat a lot defensively. I think we're right now we're like six in the country in field goal percentage defense. Um, but they, they exposed us early as far as some, some screens off the ball, some back screens, some stagger screens. And I don't think we did a good job of dictating and disrupting defensively as we've done throughout the course of the year. So that's something that, you know, as we went into the second quarter, we, we found different ways to, to just get some easy buckets when we weren't hitting from the outside. Um, but, you know, they, they did have five guards out there, and, and they, they made it tough for us for sure. It's also strange how the schedule has gone about this year. We're into the month of February, and Fairfield is still seeing new teams for the first time. <laughs> Obviously, you could look at video, but sometimes just being there in person is a little bit different. Was there even any elements that from this Ryder team that surprised us a little bit uh, than what you guys were used to watching them on film? You know, I won't. I wouldn't maybe call it a surprise, but I just thought they did a really nice job of executing, which which Lynn's teams have have been known for doing for years. So, um, I, you know, I think the the thing that that we struggled with was we were, our timing was a little bit off defensively as far as not allowing interior catches, whether it was post touches or drives. I didn't think we we did the best job as far as you know not allowing interior touches. Uh, keeping people in front of us off the bounce. Um, and that allowed them to get us in rotation, which is usually what we try to do uh, to other people on the other end. Absolutely. Kendall, when we go from quarter one to two, I know there's an accountability element within this team. Did you know internally it's like, yeah, we're going to get this from the coaches right now, but we really have to turn it up a little bit? Because it, as Carly mentioned, it was challenging at times, but it was also one that could be e not easily fixed, but one that was there. I think um, one thing about this team is that each player, like, we know what we have to do, and we knew that we needed to tone down our defense and pick up the tempo on defense, and as soon as we did, I think uh, that's what led us to the win. And there was a lot of touches in the paint, even more than usual. I know the group got off to a slow start shooting from three. It ended up being three of 22. So how quickly, Carly, does the group adjust, saying, okay, it's not there. We can try and shoot ourselves out of it, mm -hmm. but we have to get the ball inside and exploit if they go with an all-guard lineup, the Roadrunners have a chance to do what they do best. We actually talked about that as a team afterwards, and, and Coach Blake brought it up specifically in the locker room that it's kind of the pendulum has kind of swung back and forth uh, for this team offensively because you know we started the season hot, hitting a bunch of threes, and then people are like, okay, we need to guard the three-point line, and then we were able to go inside and score inside with whether it's you know our, our, our Roadrunners in the post, cuts, drives, things like that, and we're really efficient from two. Uh, and then people take that away, and then the three opens back up. So it kind of has, has gone back and forth. But the nice thing about this team is that we can score in the paint. We're not just a three-point shooting team that's going to live and die by that. So, you know, I think Amina's done an amazing job of finishing in the paint. You know, our guards have done a great job of getting feet and paint off of cuts and drives. Um, and so if you're going to take away the three-point line and guard the three-point line, then, then we will go score efficiently in the paint. And I will say that started with, in the second quarter, you know, Katie Lamro and Lauren Beach and those guys getting – you know, steals and, and touches, yep. and that, that those count as paint points when they're when they're leak out layups. <laughs> you you brought up the magic words, Lauren Beach. Yeah. I mean, she had a really really great week and averaging seven plus points per game, uh, getting herself a couple of boards per game, and also mm -hmm. doing the work defensively as well. And it seems that the group and Kendall, I saw you a couple of times mm -hmm. get absolutely fired up mm -hmm. when Beach was making plays inside. She, I know she's the leader, she's the captain of this group, but what makes it so special when she finds a way to contribute to get everybody else going? I think that we know what Beach can do and. Honestly, at the end of the day, it's about her confidence, and as long as we can boost our confidence each day, it'll make her a player each game. Oh, definitely. Um, and then it goes to the second half where you guys were able to kind of put the game away. Um, but the big takeaway, Carly, that I loved is that the fact 
that you guys had seven turnovers. Mm -hmm. Season best <laughs> all year. Uh, I think it's the only time that the group has had single digits mm -hmm. as well. I know Ryder doesn't play more of a you know, up-tempo, any sort of pressing schemes. It's just kind of straight-up man-to-man, as he said, a lot of execution that, and you know just good hard work, defensive responsibilities that Lynn does. But what made this such a good day for the guards? You know, I think that's something we've talked about <laughs> probably since, you know, September, October, that we need to take care of the ball. And we've tracked turnovers throughout the course of the year. So I think it's it's th everything's kind of coming together at the right time, in addition to, you know, we us knowing maybe we weren't shooting the ball as well and we needed to, to stay on offense in different ways. But I think this, is, this has been building up to this. Um, we've seen, I think, three games in a row now where we're 15 or under, and that's that's our goal. And I think early on in the year that was, that was pretty inconsistent. I think it was a little bit of – learning the chemistry within our motion of what's going to be open when I think our, our skills have also um, fine-tuned and, and improved in that way of being able to pass on time on target and when openings are going to happen. Um, and so I think that this team has learned to simplify um, more and more. Um, and, you know, like you said, Ryder doesn't necessarily pressure you in that way and, and turn you over in the backcourt. Um, but that I think that goes, you know, it's a testament to our guards. And, and truthfully, our, our forwards, our, our roadrunners, they do handle the ball on the perimeter as well. Um, and so I think it's just an attention to detail and, and taking some individual pride of, of not slinging around and, and keeping us on offense. <laughs> I'm curious to know what the day was like the day after on Friday in between the two games because you and I were messaging a little bit saying fast start. It's got to be a fast mm -hmm. start. Um, what was the energy like in film? What was the energy like practice? Um, knowing that you have an Iona team that we've spoken in the past where they need to get off mm -hmm. to good starts for them to be competitive. It's, so our our cadence has kind of been, especially when we, you know we have a team on Saturday, is that I don't typically focus on the Thursday game unless I absolutely okay. have to. I start to move, I've got a, a you know ten hour window to get as much game film watched to be ready for practice the next day. So the scout coach will typically break down and if there's common themes, um, we'll look at that. So Coach Erica had our rider scout, so she took that and she's a, a defensive minded coach, and so she took a lot, particularly early from that game of of you know us not sticking to our principles defensively. Um, and she showed that to our team prior to getting to, you know, Iona film. So um, that was the, a huge point of emphasis. And, and the one thing I love about this team is that I, I can challenge them. I can get after them and they respond. Um, and, you know, I think that's a testament to the relationships that this team has built, not only with each other, but with the coaching staff, that we can push each other and challenge each other. And it's in a healthy you know, trustworthy way that it's for the betterment of everybody in the group. So I got after them a little bit, um, and I think they responded to that, and that showed with a, you know, 20-0 start, 20-0 start in Iona. Yeah, and Kendall, you were a key part of that, knocking down a couple early threes to get this group going, but the 20-0 to zero run, that's something that you don't often see in this sport. So, um, you know, for you guys, we'll get to your end of how that day was received on Friday, but you know, how – ready were you guys for just to absolutely well not only just go out and blow the doors off but just be efficient taking the right shots from the floor and also executing on the defensive side of things I think firstly we started on the defensive side because defense will lead to offense and I think that's a really important part about this team is that the, you'll get the great shots and you'll get the good shots they'll come back to you after you have a good defensive possession and also there's the ball movement <laughs> and we saw this in the first meeting as well that I don't know if it's just the the matchup how it works, but with Iona specifically, it seems that Isa's pulling all the right you know <laughs> triggers, and then you yourself and Katie are just finding the right seams. And it was the outside game that was working that opened up the inside game that was working. I mean, again, I've said it before, but that's what makes this game and watching this group so much fun when all the pieces are right there. 
Yeah, I think uh, what's important about this team is that it's really contagious, and I really love that. That's something I always live by is ball movement, and if I could put that out on my teammates, I definitely will each day. Now, Carly did mention about the accountability from that Friday practice and challenging you guys. When you and your teammates hear that, and I know there's always your little group meetings between your different positions, what are those conversations like absorbing this information? It can't be easy going two games in three days, just having one day to try and get this all sorted out. So what were those conversations like? Ball pressure. Ball pressure. <laughs> Midline, the main the main issues that we were having in the rider, we tried to make sure we had a great start in the Iona game. Absolutely. So And before you move on from that, JJ, I just yeah. I wanna I mean, I've talked about our kind of our captains between Beach and uh, Nellie and Iza, and those guys have done a great job of echoing, but I think, like Kendall, we've got a lot of upperclassmen that know how to play the game the right way and want to, you know, be great leaders in their own roles, and so I'm, I'm very fortunate as a coach that I can have confidence that I'm going to, you know, ha- say my piece and challenge them in different ways, and we've got a, gor- a core group of upperclassmen and leaders that are going to get it done. Okay, quick <laughs> follow-up question yeah. to that then. Where for you in your previous coaching experiences with other schools, obviously with your assistant work and working in Minnesota most recently, how does this group compare in terms of the absorbing the information, keeping each other accountable, but then you guys don't have to, you know, just keep restressing over things all that much. And this is not to call out other groups. This is just to see how does this group compare? You know, I I, I compare this group a lot from a basketball standpoint to our really good um, team that was 30-0 at Mississippi State. Uh, not you know not that it's apples to apples in how we play, um, but I think that our team at Mississippi State at that time was great at taking you know scout information, taking game plan information, and knowing what's coming and applying it in a game. Um, in addition to the depth that we had had in those years there, so um, I think that with a team that can be that focused on the details of a game plan can be really successful. And you know, in, in addition to talent and being able to score, and there's a lot of things that that you know add on top of that. But I think that team was exceptional at whatever you know coach Schaefer was trying to to accomplish on the defensive end being able to to take that and go do it and we not only have you know like I said the upperclassmen that have been there and done that um, but we have really good individual defenders as well in that same way so you know Kendall being one of them you know Nellie obviously Beach Katie Lamro, and you can go down the line um, but so I think there's a lot of similarities in the way that we're able to take certain things away from people. Finishing up on the Iona game really quickly, the thing that I also enjoyed um, was that the fact that everybody got a chance to you know showcase themselves. And it's not often when you're talking in the middle of a conference season that you get to go 12 deep from the middle portion of the second quarter. But I guess for you guys as well, it's nice to get everybody key minutes, rest some players as well, because that's never easy at this time of the year. And so I'm curious to hear some of your thoughts of like, Players like Carly Fisher, who had a nice performance, four points, uh, three rebounds off 17 minutes. Casey Pryor getting some minutes. Kate Peak, who we haven't seen in a while, comes up with nine points. I know she's been battling with some injuries on and off over the course of the season. But you know, for those three players specifically, how did you see them compete? And where did they kind of lie in terms of um, how this team can go for the rest of the year? I talk at nauseam about our depth of this team and, you know, we've, we've shown time and time again that different people step up at different times. So, you know, I have no, I have, I have confidence in every single person that I put in the game. Um, you know, as, as we've talked about, 
Carly Fisher has had an, has a had a really good two to three weeks. You know, she's I think it's uh, freshmen figure it out at different times, and you everybody has a different adjustment as a freshman. And I think she's now kind of coming to her own as far as figuring out her you know when she's going to get her extra reps in and when she's going to you know work with Coach Blake or Coach Eric or whoever it is. Um, and I think she's now starting to see some of that that work behind the scenes pay off. Um, and then you know Casey and uh, and Kate Peak they both are they stay in the gym constantly. They do what they need to do to be ready for those moments. And I have you know the utmost confidence in them that that I can put them in and they're going to knock down a big three. Um, and I think what you saw is is that work that again a lot of that behind the scenes thing you know uh, additional extras and outside of the you know the normal practice hours pay off. And I I never you know have to think twice about this team getting extra reps in. Um, and so what, you know, while it's a great opportunity to do that, you know, I have confidence that I could throw anybody on our roster in, in any game and they can, they can step up, up for this team. That's awesome. Um, and again, just a great team effort. Second highest point total against a D one opponent this season on the road at Iona, 85 points and you guys shot around 50% as well, which again, just makes the, the job that much easier. This and that team much likes, more roads, likes road games. Yeah. They like road gyms. <laughs> Actually, in Kendall, this is one that I was going to bank off for later, but I asked now. So this is your first trip through the MAC. You've seen a number of these facilities. Um, as again, difficult to compare in your previous leagues to where you are now. But you know, what has it been like going on the road? New environment, a lot of colder days, um, <laughs> and, and trying to excel. Um, I think it's definitely different from um, where I was at Texas, and um, but I think it's like a fun new opportunity to see all the different kinds of people that come through each team and uh there's different there's different players on different teams that are good and at the end of the day everybody's good in D1 I mean no for sure and and there's one game that I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up of recent not that we've talked about this during this but it's happened since our last podcast that was a way to Quinnipiac and you had yourself Mm -hmm. an evening Mm -hmm. and myself and Wyatt Dawsey who's in the room our producer got a chance to watch that one and every time that you were on the floor for 30 minutes it always looked that you're dangerous you're creating not only for yourself but for your teammates and knocking down a lot of threes and a pretty cavernous gymnasium as well so uh, how was that one for you I think it was overall like a really amazing especially the environment even all the people that travel from Fairfield and then my teammates having my back I think that I wanted to also prove that like I'm not just a shooter and that (laughs) I have other abilities taking charges for one (laughs) yeah so I think it really showed in that game um, and Not Car- to mention her, cl- you know, her three clutch threes, you know, buzzer beater threes. Yeah, that, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, go back onto our socials because that's all cut there. But um, another nice day of going to Quinnipiac and winning, Carly, <laughs> because you've – how many times did you go up there in your playing career? At least two, if not three. Okay. Um, we didn't play everybody twice, I don't think, when I played, but um, – because I, I was not in the MAC at that point. Uh, we were NEC. Yeah, that's so wild. So I, I, I know we had a big win there. My, I think it was my junior or senior year going into the, the conference tournament. But, um, you know, that's a, that's a tough place to play. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I know I, I want to touch on you may be asking me this anyway, but, you know, Kendall mentioned she's not just a shooter. And that's something that I think is, you know, goes unnoticed sometimes is her ability to kind of just play at her own pace, create for others. I think right now she's maybe second on her team in, in conference and assists. Um, at almost three a game, and so not only can she, you know, score and and shoot from half court, but um, you know she's able to create. She's defensively, she's she's smart. She knows where to where to be and wh- what to you know what when to pick her spots on taking charges yeah. and things like that. So, um, you know, I, that's the beauty of this team is that we have a lot of people that can impact the game, not just by scoring or not just on the defensive end, and we've been able to be really versatile and, and win in a lot of different ways. 
So with all that, Kendall, I'm curious, what's the part of the game that you pride yourself most on, the the part of the game that you're working the most on to continually improve yourself? Because as Coach just said, there's a lot of good parts to your game. <laughs> I would say I know I'm a good off ball, but I need to be better on ball. And then also um, driving, driving. Getting get to the bucket. Yeah. Let's talk about the journey a little bit for you. Um, I'm, I'm curious to hear, because we're talking about all the different – assets that you have to your basketball game when you were going through the process of looking for a new journey what were some of the things that you specifically wanted to get whether it was here or other places that you were looking to you know because we we spoke about this carly last episode with isa it's everybody has their own journey everybody has their own experience and their attributes and what works best for them so i'm curious for you what was that experience like um, me being a junior, I've had a lot of experience with many different coaches in my two years. So I think during my recruiting process, I was really looking. And right off the jump, I told them, like, from a family aspect, I want to feel like a home away from home. I am. I really like to be home. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to know that um, I have, like, another mom or moms and other dads while I'm away. And I think that was really important to me. It's a big jump going from Texas to Fairfield, Connecticut. So – and I remember I've spoke about this. It was not a very nice day when you guys came up here. That was a monsoon. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. miserable. It was <laughs> the way here, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, right. You guys had plane trouble getting delays out here. Delays and uh, delays and delays. So, I mean, then I've got to be honest. Like, does that almost deter you? <laughs> like, and it's not just for here, but for any place. Like, I'm you- not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I was like, Dad, like, I don't think – I think this is a sign <laughs> – but then Coach e was like, no, you're coming. So, I mean, that's what happened. And then I ended up being here, and I ended up loving it at the end of the day. And I guess that's always the, um, you know, I'm not going to um, ask for anything from the university, but if they say if you can come here on its worst day and enjoy it, just imagine what it's like on its best day. So clearly yeah, when I you – I was told by somebody <laughs> that day also, I don't remember his name, but I was told that um, on my visit, and I, and I feel like I made the best decision. There you go. You and Kochi, by the way, that's a uh, a lovely relationship that you guys have. I'm curious. I know she had a big part in um, helping you, you know, make your choice to come here. Uh, what was what for those that don't know Kochi? Who is Kochi herself, and what does she mean to you? She means up the most, I would say. Um, she's real, and I think that uh, there's a lot of coaches that say many things, but like you know that you're gonna get the truth from her, whether you like it or not, and I respect that. Absolutely. Carly, bringing you back into this one here and your process now with working with Kendall. Has she been everything that you hope for and then some? And then the follow-up to that is, you know, when you're looking at players to get to bring into your program, you see Kendall is a great opportunity to have you have her work with this offense, and she certainly has done that and then some. Yeah, I mean, I think there's been a lot of transparency in Kendall's recruiting process from the start of, you know, her being like, you know, that's going to be really far from home for me. And then when she got here, we watched film with her. We talked about, you know, how do we see her fitting? Where do we want her to keep getting better? Where are some, you know, statistical categories that we want to see improvement? And so I think it was a really transparent recruiting process, which is a lot why we've been able to, I think, build trust from the beginning. Um, and, and it's, and it's more than basketball, you know, when she says I'm, it's going to be hard to be from home, we're like, yeah. okay, well, you know, we got a home for you here and we're going to put you around good people. Um, and so it's, it's been fun and rewarding, I think for, for everybody involved to see Kendall's, um, growth, not only as a basketball player, but as just as a person and as a leader and how she's um, found consistency and how she's been trying to be the same person every single day for this team. And that's hard to do. That's really hard to do. Um, 
but I think she's, I don't want to speak for Kendall, but I think she's been, um, um, you know, her more consistent self, uh, even, I'd even just say in the last three months. Um, and so it's been a joy for me to coach that. Um, and a joy that again, we can check like, to coach E's point, you know, how coach E is truthful. We can all challenge Kendall and know that she's going to try and bring it uh, every single day. <laughs> Love that. No, I just, like because I, I see you nodding everything that Carly says, and I could see out of the corner of my eye that Carly's nodding at a lot of things you say. It's just it, it's great to see that trust, the relationship, and just knowing that hey, if you got to be straight with someone, it's okay because it's all for the betterment of everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I really love about each person on this coaching staff is that I'm a person that like you could tell me the truth, I'll be fine. Like, but um, I try. There might to, be an eye roll in there, but there will be <laughs> sometimes, most likely. But at the end of the day, I know it comes from the heart, and I think that's what really makes me really love Fairfield even more and more each day. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for for sharing <laughs> that. No, I appreciate it. it. Again, we get to talk a lot about the players that have you've inherited that have come in here, the first years that have come in here, but also there's a big core of players that come in in the middle of their journey. So mm-hmm. it's all hearing these experiences are so unique. So that's awesome. If you'd seen Kendall in the summer, you, uh, you'd be uh, – yeah, I don't know if we all thought she'd make it to this point, but she's here. <laughs> she's thriving. <laughs> But but truthfully, I think you know I I'll just reiterate that I'm I'm proud of her sticking with it when it hasn't been easy. Um, you know, I, and I would speak to any college athlete that you're gonna go through times where it's not easy, whether it's you know your freshman struggles or you know different coaching cha- you know changes or whatever it's gonna be, you're gonna encounter a wall yeah. at some point. Um, and surrounding yourself with people that can help you over around through the wall, whatever you have to do, um, I think is really important. And then knowing that it gets better. Um, and, and I think Kendall is just the living, breathing example of like, she's thriving now and she's, you know, having an awesome positive impact on this team every day. Keep smiling. That's <laughs> all we ask. Keep smiling. <laughs> um, looking ahead to the games coming up this week. Before we get to the opponent, though, it's actually the time that's the most interesting because this is the third 11 a.m. game <laughs> that Fairfield's playing this year. Talked about how we love playing on the road, but now we get to do it at home. Um how does the adjustment go of different game times? Because obviously in the league, most often you're playing Thursdays at seven, Saturdays at two, occasionally four. Now you're playing at 11. How much do you guys alter the schedule? I think it's probably the best question. For I won't say we alter it. We, we typically have a pretty consistent, like, you know, when we eat before a game, you're always going to eat three and a half to four hours before a game. So, you know, we stay consistent with that. You know, I, I can speak for when we were at Ryder, that was our first on the road staying over on a Wednesday night into Thursday. That, take, that day took forever. Like, mm. by the time we got to the game, I'm like, this game, <laughs> this day is never ending. So I'm actually looking forward to an 11 a.m. game. Like, let's go. Let's get this thing moving. Um, you know, this this team does a good job of being prepared for whatever that moment looks like. Um, and we, we do have practice in the 11 a.m., so I'm not I'm not stressing it too much. So it's going to be a team breakfast that yep. day? What Which ha- they prefer. Yeah, so. Okay, so then what are we expecting on the menu then? Because obviously you had the hotel options in both Nashville and Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So and any preferences, Kendall, that we're looking at here? Some pancakes, okay. eggs, and bacon. There Every time, go. same thing. There was an uproar when we had – we had a four – it was, I think, the Marist game. It was yeah. like a 4 o'clock game, and we did, you know, lunch for a noon pregame, and they they were not happy about that. I was like, you guys are not going to be fueled by eggs at 4 p.m. We are. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that to the uh, the nutritionist to figure that one out. But um, now to the opponent, Marist. Uh, went to their place a couple of weeks ago. Bit of a rock fight. Uh, they tend to make games challenging, and that's who they are. So they thrive on that, trying to keep games in low scoring. They can be long at times. I know Zarya Shazer has gotten to just this 
unbelievable form right now. I think it's four double-doubles in the last five games. Put up 23 in the last one, a tight four-point loss against Siena. So she is going to be a handful, and that's mm -hmm. really no surprise at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have they have a, the, kind of their big two that either one of them could can get 30, you know, yeah. and they're, they have those those – you know, high level scorers. Um, and, and they, they've played some really tough teams, really close. Uh, obviously they, they gave us a, a great battle. Um, and we, you know, we looked back at that film and know there was, a, you know, a lot we can be better in, but you know, they just, they just took Sienna to the, the end Quinnipiac in overtime. So there's, they're, they're playing really well, um, regardless of maybe what those, those outcomes were. And we know, you know, we know we were not our best selves, uh, last time we played them and a huge testament to them, uh, and credit to them for that. Um, but it, you know, I think, I think for us, we know we just have to be our best selves going into this game, and that is to what Kendall's already talked about of, of ball movement and starting on the defensive end. And um, you know, it's, that's the fun thing about playing a team twice is that you can you can be be your better selves the second time. Oh, absolutely, and this time is at home as well. And I know the last game, you guys were able to adapt, get the ball into the paint a lot. A lot. Uh, I think it was that. 15-point run in the second quarter. I might have been a couple of points shying you guys off of, but it was a lot of drives, um, able to exploit even with their size and mm -hmm. doing that. So, you know, obviously the hopes is to play, have that, but also have the outside ball go through a few more times. Yeah, it, I would love to, you know, have one of those 13, 14, three uh, nights at, at home one of these days. Uh, you know, you mentioned driving to the rim. That was actually, uh, Kendall had a huge take in that run uh, where she tweaked her ankle, but um, you know, for us, I think we watched that game and know we could have moved the ball better than we did. Um, we, we we joked that we were like we were almost like playing a dribble drive, and that's not really what our what our offense was. Um, and and um, you know, we I'm glad we had a gave ourselves a buffer in that second quarter because I didn't think we played great in the second half. Um, and and you know, Maris has always been yep. a, a disciplined defensive team and tries to tries to make those some low scoring games. So we know there's ways that we can adjust um, and be better going game into game two. You had us all worried, by the way, <laughs> because I, I remember, and that was, ironically enough, the spark of that run in the second quarter. You go down with a little knock, and then you come back, so don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, but, fair enough. But the other part that I'm going to enjoy is seeing that gym that's going to be filled mm -hmm. on Thursday, because it's also the MAC Kids Day Out game, which these are events that are held nationwide in conjunction with uh, women's college basketball and other college sports, providing a great opportunity for local schools to get out, uh, experience a very high-quality women's basketball game, mm -hmm. by the way, because all of a sudden, hey, congratulations, you guys are seeing a team on a 17-game <laughs> win streak. But um, great for the students in the area to come out and check out a mm -hmm. local college for them. And I know last year it was over 2,600 at 11 a.m. Mm -hmm. Got a really entertaining maybe too entertaining of a game <laughs> at, uh, against Niagara. But for you guys, and I'll ask both of you the same question, how does this experience knowing that you're going to be playing in front of a packed gym and almost makes it feel like a, a postseason atmosphere? It's amazing. I mean, last year the, the atmosphere was electric and – you know, sometimes the, the the kids will cheer for regardless of who scores. So hopefully we give them, you know, they were cheering more for, for us. But don't, um, don't knock on them by the <laughs> they know when Fairfield doesn't score. There's a couple of boos in there every once in a while. Yeah, I, I hope. I mean, with respectfully, I hope uh, you know they cheer a lot for us. But you know, it's it's not only is it a great environment, but I think it's just a really cool opportunity. We talk a lot as a team. Um, something that I'm really passionate about that it's it's bigger than basketball and that we can have an impact on the younger generation and, and how to play the game the right way and how to be a great teammate. And there's so many different aspects that go into that other than just scoring the ball and winning yeah. a game. And so I think this team does a really good job of taking that to heart um, and knowing that it's just bigger than, than one of them or than this team winning a game. It's, it's an opportunity to, 
to better our community. And Kendall, for you, I know the group has played one Kids Day game that was at Niagara, but how did that compare to any other previous <laughs> morning games that you've had in your previous uh, time at North Texas? Well, you know they say everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> Fair so. enough. <laughs> the kids' games were definitely – it was a lot of, lot of, lot of kids. And I think um, at the end of the day, like, I think that seeing the kids' smiles on their face is going to make us even better each day, each game. And hopefully the maybe more than 2,600 yeah. will get you guys going as well. <laughs> um, quickly, then, the last game. And, again, as this goes to the theme of not seeing a team until – mid-February, which is wild for the first time. But St. Peter is going to come to town on Saturday. That's a 2 o'clock game. Um, also, I should I would be remiss if I say, for people looking for information about the Marist game, go head over to fairfieldstags.com in terms of uh, trying to get involved and coming on down. Same can be said for Saturday, of course. And a little bit of a different St. Peter's team than we saw the last time around. We know that they had their, their struggles last year with um, Coach Leadham bringing, you know, coming into basically a brand-new program, trying to figure things out. But another revamped roster did keep mm -hmm. a couple of key pieces like Jada Leonard, Jada Williams, and they've been battling the last, mm -hmm. I think it was their last six games. They've had four losses by eight points or less. So mm -hmm. they're almost right there to become a real problem for mm -hmm. many teams in this league. Yeah. They, they've won some games and they've challenged a lot of people. They brought in some really good freshmen and transfers that have given them some more depth. Um, and that will for sure not, you know, there's, there's no team in the, in the league that you can just show up and expect to win. They, uh, they're playing well, um, and I would be remiss if I also didn't say this is, this is a big week not only for, for Kids Day game, but Saturday's game is our Black Excellence game celebrating Black History Month as well. Um, so I think this team, again, I mentioned, just takes to heart uh, being a, a connector and a unifier in the community. And also, I noticed on your social media feed that you, you do something every year for uh, Black History Month, mm -hmm. so you could talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so this is my third year um, that I, I put out there. If there's any classrooms, after-school programs, families you know that, that would like – books, whether it's children's books, history books, novels, whatever it is that, that amplify black voices, that, um, you know, talk about black history. Uh, that's something that, that we've donated books to classrooms and, and um, like I said, after school programs and families. So if there's anybody that's interested, just DM me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, send me an email and, I'll, and we'll send some books your way. That's awesome. Great. <laughs> Another, and again, it just shows how in tune this group is just with the community and it's mm -hmm. bigger than basketball. And I know, Kendall, we've spoken about this a how why that was a big part for you coming here but it, it's got to be nice to know that this group finds so many different avenues to make their imprint on this community yeah and I think that's really important especially in my life and in other people's lives um, I think that this program shows a lot of how much we care about the community how much the community cares about us and I think overall I really love that awesome guys thank you so much um, looking forward to seeing you guys bright and early on Thursday morning. Uh, coffee in hand. You <laughs> Always. Go, you go bringing the uh, the new drink in. Yeah, yeah. if I will. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. The sugar, co the the coffee, the sugar with a little bit of coffee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just a little bit. Hey, whatever gets you up in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's gonna do it for us. Thanks for watching or listening to a new Fast Break with Coach Carly podcast. Uh, we'll be speaking to you guys again towards the end of the month. Our next episode, so that'll be the away Sienna home Niagara set. Make sure to. Keep in track with us on all of our social media platforms at StagsWBBall on Twitter slash X at FairfieldWBB on Instagram. And we will hope to see you guys twice at home this weekend. Until next time, go Stags. The Fast Break Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags women's basketball, log on to FairfieldStags.com.